All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Timberwolves start their season off with a whimper. The Packers are in free fall, and the Wild are in panic mode. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Man, I'm feeling great after that pod. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Our first pod of the week, we uh, finished up season one of House of the Dragon with episode 10, The Black Queen, and it was great. We enjoyed doing the Thrones cast. Go check all of them out as you watch the show. Don't spoil it for yourself uh, if you haven't watched it yet, but I do think it's really, really good and fun content. So that was a lot of fun. Now we got some sports to talk about. Uh, but before we do that, we need to dive into, well, before we dive into it, I'm sorry, we need to have you guys give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Eric, is your, uh, is your autopilot working? Are you okay? I don't think so. I think it's more bumpy road or something. It's like Dark Knight yeah. Rises. You got to fix your autopilot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so guys, what are you drinking tonight? All right. I'm back with uh fair state with this kind of weird stranger in the Alps. If you guys remember this one, um, it's mm-hmm. that, that like Alpine lager that has lemon and foraged spruce tips. And it's always oh, yeah. a banger. It's a very good, very weird a little bit for the first like three sips. And then you get to really like it. I, in, in my, uh, power rankings of beers with foraged spruce tips, it's, it's near the top. <laughs> okay. All right. I am drinking a, who touched the thermostat? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, by fair state. And, uh, this is an IPA, a big old IPA with mosaic strata Simcoe, uh, dedicated to enthusiasts of max IB. That's bitterness. Yeah. doesn't seem that bad. Okay. I don't know. Good beer. All right, uh, Ryan, what about you? Ice water. Ice good water. For you. Good for you. All right, uh, here we go. Timberwolves. We always start with the Vikings during football season, but this week they're on by. So we have to start with the first week of Timberwolves action as uh, we had all pegged them for like starting 8-0, and they're 2-1, and and they're struggling tonight. Jim, where are you at? Um, a little underwhelmed. You know, I get it. It's You can start hot. You can start slow. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't mean that's how you're going to finish the season. Uh, so I'm not concerned at all. My concern level is like 2 of 10, um, but my annoyance level is like a 7 because it, they have these great pieces. Gobert's been great. He comes in, he's scoring, he's rebounding, he's doing these things. Uh, he's getting some, you know, block shots. Um, so why aren't we a better team and we're playing bad teams or they should be bad. And maybe the jazz is the exception because they're literally trying to tank and they're three and O and five in the power rankings. So don't know what's going on in Utah, but other than that, like, you know, we're playing kind of bad teams here and not really putting them away. Uh, we did last night had a pretty convincing win, but you know, now tonight against a lowly Spurs team, we are down by 15 or something. Like it's just, I, I don't know. I don't, I think the, the biggest disappointment for me has maybe been Cat. I don't see him stepping up, playing consistent, playing calm. Uh, he's kind of back to his, like, whiny, flail around, bad fouls, bad decisions Cat, which is not what I'd expect having kind of a calming presence around him. So I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think from what you've seen so far? I think the bench is not good. 
and I was really expecting it to be. I don't know what happened to Kyle Anderson. I think he's out injured. I hope back so. spasms. Back so spasms. So he's out yeah. already, which isn't ideal. But um, I thought he was going to be a big piece. He hasn't really done anything for us yet. Um, Bryn Forbes is a literal nothing player. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin is a nothing player. Nas Reed is a garbage time kind of player. Um, the rookie Moore is not even getting close to seeing the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince is a meh backup kind of guy. I like Sorry. Noel. That's about it right now. I would, so say, I, I would say Torian Prince is playing at like a B minus level, which is probably what we would expect. And Noel is playing like at a B plus. Yep. But you can't be too deep. Noel and, and Gobert are both have been pleasant surprises for me. Um, and D'Lo and Cat have been not good surprises. Like yeah, I don't players. I don't really get the D'Lo fit on this team at all. Um, I know everyone thinks he's going to be this crazy creator or something, but that's not really his game. He's not like this creating, passing, pass-first point guard. He's like a scoring-first, undersized point guard who doesn't really play defense. And to me, I don't really know what, where he fits on this team. Um, he is an expiring contract and a max contract, so I can't imagine that we'll be able to trade him for pieces before the deadline. And I kind of would be shocked if we didn't at yeah. this point. Um, I know there's a contingency of Wolves fans who are like, sign D'Lo. And I'm like, I don't understand. I, are we watching the same game? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not really a modern player. He's an undersized point guard, which is already puts you at a massive disadvantage compared to like everybody else, at, that how we, everyone else wants to play guards. People are like, well, Curry's undersized. I'm like, yeah, Curry's the greatest shooter in NBA history. <laughs> right. We're not talking about that. No, um, in fact, D'Lo has always shot. Uh, well, besides like a season at the Nets, but like other than that, he's always shot a little bit below average from every point, whether it's free throw, just field goal or from three, he's like a little bit below average. So for a volume shooter, that's not great. I do think though that like they're an interesting team. They're going to take some time to gel. Um, if this is a problem, if we're still like a terrible defensive team and we're, we're still searching for answers in two months, then we should be really pissed. Mm-hmm. But right I think, now, um, I think, Eric, one one thing that you're hitting on is teams are just raining threes on us. I think that the scouting report is just shoot. They're not going to get out there. They're they're too big and slow. You're young and fast. Just everyone kind of do some motion offense, get open for three. Maybe we can hurt them by hitting, you know, eight more threes than they shoot. And if Gobert is out there, they'll probably get the rebound. Yeah, long rebounds. Even Gobert can't get those if they go to the other side. Right, yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, you know, I I feel like I'm seeing all the parts and pieces for a very good team, like that possible three to six seed that we've been kind of talking about. Uh, But they're going to have to put it together. Um, And we haven't really played any any super good teams yet. So um, I would hate to see what that looks like at at how the team is playing right now. Yeah, basketball is the weirdest one. I I don't know. Maybe I talk about this too much, but basketball is the weirdest one with the chemistry thing. Mm -hmm. And someone like D'Lo, who knows he's in trouble not in trouble financially he's not getting a max deal he knows that but he still wants to prove his worth to get a lucrative contract and i don't blame him Mm -hmm. but he's not going to do that by just following the offense right he's going to need to score he's going to need to do you know good uh statistical things in order to get that and i think he's going to force the issue which i think in turn will force his departure sooner yeah um and and hurt the team but yeah i think I, I'm with Eric. I would be shocked if D'Lo is still on this team after the trade deadline. 
yeah, I, he just uh, he, I don't understand the fit. So um, it's not all bad though because other teams are also a mess. The Lakers are a complete dumpster fire, and I do not understand how they gave an extension to their GM. Um, Palenka. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they think he has done. The team is in disarray. No pieces seem to fit. They have the worst bench in the whole entire league. And and not, uh, only, not only that, they just added Russell Westbrook to the bench. <laughs> and Russell right. Westbrook is so terrible that I am I feel bad for. Him. I actually do a little bit too. Um, you know, just like the amount of hate he's getting, but at the same time, it's so weird to see him go out there like. It's like, man, I really get a lot of hate. I just got to, you know, change it on the court and whatever. And then he shoots 0 for 13. I mean, it's like, Eric, do you think you could make, you could go 1 for 13? No. Okay, okay. You don't think that. But maybe maybe 1 for 40 if you shot 40. Um, yeah, I could shoot 1 for 40. Okay. So, you know, it it is it is funny to me. I just love it, actually. I don't really care about Russell Westbrook. It is a little bit sad, but, like, me, the Lakers floundering is great news, and it's awesome. Um, but then you get the Jazz, who are supposed to be a bottom team, and they're up. So it's like, okay, well, the Lakers, maybe they're out, uh, but the Jazz are, are in the mix. And then you the guys will, will be out. Pelicans, that's, you know, my one of my predictions – that Zion's going to get hurt. He already got hurt. He got some kind of hip contusion for him. That's like two months. I bet he's out for a while. Um, <laughs> and they lost. They lost uh, their other guy. You got the Clippers the, struggling Ingram. for whatever reason. Ingram, Kawhi yeah. and um, Bradley Beal are both coming off the bench for like time management, load no, management Kawhi, stuff. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, no, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal Be- plays for the Wizards. You mean John Wall. Oh, John Wall. That's what I meant. Thank you, John Wall. Yeah, well, yeah. he used to be a Wizards guy. Anyways, um, yeah, so, like, they're both coming off the bench. Feels weird. They're not doing that great. Um, you know, there's still – it's wide open. Like, there's there's tons of room. Um, and there's no – you know, there's not, like, all the good teams are 3-0. and It's not like that at all. Uh, but I, I just hope we figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be a project to play a totally different system here mm-hmm. with two big men. So, I think we need to give them a little bit of patience. It just is – disappointing when you just see so much um, talent on the field and or on the court and it just isn't coming to fruition at all. And like they are incapable of having multiple guys have a good game at once. It seems like that is mm. so strange and frustrating that they, that multiple guys can't get going simultaneously. It's like one guy at a time can have a big game and that is it. And so I, I, I yeah, find... they just kind of, they toss the hot potato around, you know, I, it, I mean, imagine a game where Cat and Edwards are just cooking. Like, we win by 30 right. in those games. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, what, are you, what, are your, what are your early thoughts on Gobert? I mean, I know Jimbo said, you know, he's you know he's rebound. He's got the most rebounds in a three-game stretch of any player in Wolves history. Um, I like his professionalism. Yeah. I think he just kind of he goes back and forth. He does his thing. He'll tell players, like, my fault, um, takes responsibility for things. He seems to be um, fairly vocal which I like. Um, I think somebody like Edwards needs that because mm-hmm. um, Cat is not that guy. Right. Uh, not that vocal on-court leader. So I think that's good. I think he's uh, I think he's been exactly what we expect at, at, you know, 15 and 15 a game. You know, for rebounding, he's been great. And offense, he's actually been, like, better than I thought he was. And we've unfortunately needed some more offense from him, which I didn't think we were going to. Um, but... You know, as good as he is when he's set in the lane and he can get the block shot, we're like getting beat on transition and Gobert is running back, but he's at the, they're, they're shooting a layup when he's at the free yeah. throw line running back. Like he's nobody's set. 
nobody's ready. Um, all these other teams are getting these easy buckets in the paint because nobody's set. So uh, he can't be everywhere. We just need it like a team effort defense here. Not, not, not ideal, but we're still two and one. Even if we lose tonight, we'll be two and two. It's fine. It will yeah. be all right. There's plenty of time to figure it out. So for sure, um, let's move on to some teams that hopefully don't have time to move up to, to make it better and to fix it. That would start with the Packers who are seemingly in free fall at this point. Um, they should have lost Bailey Zappi's first game uh, coming in relief uh, at home to the Patriots in which they won in overtime and probably should have lost. They then lost in London, which was technically a home game to the Giants. Then they lost at home to the Jets. And these are teams that have good records, but do not have good quarterbacks. No one who should be out dueling Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. And they have been. And then and Zach, Zach Jones did it with like under a hundred yards, I think, or like maybe it was just over a hundred yards, but he didn't throw for very much. And they kind of got pumped by the jets. Zach Wilson. Oh, sorry. I said I combined Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, that's that's just, You're right. They pretty much are the same guy. Zach same guy. guy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they go to Washington to play a lowly commanders team that put Carson Wentz on the IR this week. And <laughs> former Vikings Third string quarterback, Taylor Heineke. Heineke gives it to them, and they end up winning the game 23 to 21. And if it wasn't for like 100, uh, you know, pass interferences and defensive holding calls, it would have been worse than that. Yeah. The Packers, and, it, the refs did everything they could to keep the Packers in it, and they were just shooting themselves in the foot the whole time. And Heineke had possibly the worst start in quarterback history. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it, you could start any worse than like 0 for 5 with like two sacks and an interception. Yeah, all the, I mean like the Packers were getting the pick sixes. That's the only way they were scoring anyways. Yeah. It was a, it was it was a wild. It was the ugliest game I've ever watched in my life. It took like 4 hours. <laughs> like there were games that were finished and the <laughs> Packers and the and the the Commanders were still in the third quarter. It was insane. And they the games that all started at the same time. All started at noon. Yeah, just bizarre stuff, but it's great. The Packers are now three and four. They are distant behind our Vikings. They're about three and a half games behind the Vikings when it comes to the tie break stuff as well. Um, and then the Bucks in Tampa, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, uh, they are absolutely suffering as well. They lost to a tanking Panthers team, twenty-one to three. PJ, you bet against PJ Walker at your own peril, Eric. You don't, do. don't forget that <laughs> they traded away Christian McCaffrey midweek, which everyone has been talking about. Yep. Everyone was there just to watch an absolute funeral and it didn't happen that way. They just absolutely mauled the bucks. They ran the ball all over them. PJ Walker was throwing darts all over the field and Tom Brady, other than the one pass that was dropped by Mike Evans was skipping every pass in there. It was just painful and beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. I love watching both number 12 suffer. And the NFC is wide open. You have three teams in the NFC East that are 6-1, 6-1, and 7-0. No, 6-1, 6-1, and 6-0 with Philadelphia, uh, the Giants, and the Cowboys. F- Cowboys are 5-2. Five and two. Oh, 5-2. Five, five yeah, yeah, you're right. So, but still, three really good teams out there. Only one of them can end up in the top four. Um, and so the Vikings right now are massive favorites to win the NFC North. They're right now fast tracked. If they continue kind of on the same pace, even with losing some games, they should be the favorites for the two seed, which would give them two home playoff games guaranteed oh with God. wins with a win. So, um, yeah, let's not I mean, talk about that yet. Yeah. Way I know. too early like, for that, stop. but yeah, I didn't even uh, want I you just... to bring up like the, the odds for us to win the NFC, uh, North. I'm like, 
Let's not even bring that up because when that happens, we start to like get cursed and then we're going to. I mean, we would have to and... really mess it up at this point. We should be pissed if they don't win the NFC. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. We know. Eric, we we know. be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know how this goes? But it is, um, it is great. And the football gods have blessed us this year. We need to take every advantage. Um, it is nice to feel like our team is maybe kind of not living up to even their potential. And we're five and one and we're way up in the division and the conference is wide open. So all these things are great. Um, and it's all good. But yes, anything yeah, we have. Win, win anyway. I think um, that the um, under the radar six and one is the a coach's dream. <laughs> right. A six and one team that no one thinks is good and no one believes in, but just keeps on churning out wins. And no I mean, one's we're five and one, but yeah, yeah, you know, same thing. I mean, it's just you have a great record. You, you know, are on your way here. You get to play a home game against the Cardinals, who are pretty. I know they won on Thursday night, um, but they're not a great team. We're three and a half point home favorites, and uh, we're gonna. You know, Kyler Murray's gonna stress us all out by running all over and creating a bunch of plays. But Kyler Murray also sucks at football. He's bad. I heard he's pretty good uh, at um, video games, though. Sick at video games. Great Rock at Rocking green suits. Yeah, but not great at football. Um, I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I think it's going to be kind of a high-scoring game. I like the Vikings to barely cover Vikings Vikings 30, Cardinals 26. Ooh. Okay, that's all. That's two. Why? Why do we always got to play close games, Eric? <laughs> I'm going because uh, it's going to be. So I'm going to go 28. Uh, 24 Vikings. I mean, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll throw something in there. I mean, whatever. Some number, 29, 27. Like, <laughs> I, in between in between you guys, I think, you know, we we love to score, like, in the mid to high 20s. I think that's that's right in our wheelhouse, bread and butter. Even if we score 21 in the first quarter, we got to dial it back. Yeah. We only want to score in the mid 20s. We don't want to get too too crazy and, and play all of our, our aces um, right away. I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, I hope, I hope. Come on, just hang on, because then we get. I mean, then we got the at Commanders, at Commanders, at Bills, and then you're at the Bills. And if you could be seven and one playing a prime time, big time matchup at the Bills, could you be asking for more? Oh no, right. If you can win that game, it's like if we keep it fun, we're all going to be in a great mood. I mean, they've already they've already for for AFC purposes, they've already it's already going to be Chiefs Bills for. To play to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's already a done deal in everyone's head. I mean, if you told me that we were going to be seven and two going into the Cowboys and Patriots games with getting, Jets, yeah, with getting shellac on the road against the Eagles and the Bills, I would have said, "Bring it on!" I will sure, watch yeah. completely in those games. That sounds great. Um, it will be interesting to see if we do anything before the trade deadline, which is about a week away. Like we said, Christian McCaffrey got traded to the 49ers. Uh, didn't get them a win. They got absolutely smoked by the Chiefs in his first game. Uh, you also had a big trade where James Robinson went to the Jets to replace Brees Hall, who sadly tore his ACL in what was a fantastic start to a season. So that's kind of a bummer injury. But James Robinson heads there in a trade. A lot of people think wide receivers will be the ones who get traded um, you know, a bunch here at the end. There's a lot of wide receivers that are available and a lot of wide receiver receiver needy teams out there. So what's this talk about the Vikings maybe grabbing Odell? I can't imagine it's anything more than like Judd Zolgad saying it. Just trying to get clicks, right? 
yeah, I don't, I don't think that he would come here. I, I don't know why he would. He wants to go to the Rams, where he played last year, where they literally could use him a lot. Mm-hmm. He wants to go to the Chiefs, who he would hop in as one of their top receivers, and they have a high-powered offense. He wants to go to the Bills, who have a big high-powered offense that he could hop into. I mean, he wants to go to a contender with an elite quarterback. And as good as the, I think the Vikings are, I don't think he wants to come here and tr- battle for minutes with uh, – Jefferson and, and Thielen. Right. And I he don't know if the Vikings... Who's better? Jeff, Jefferson or Odell at this point? Jefferson is a... Out of 100, Jefferson's a 98 and Odell is a, an 82. Okay. Yeah. Well, an 82 coming off of major reconstructive knee surgery. And um, I think his cap number would be untenable for the Vikings. I don't I don't know what our, our number looks like, but I don't... I think he's looking to get in excess of five to seven. I think we only have like two available or something like that. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. I know, I know yeah. he's looking for a decent payday and we just don't have what he's looking for. Yeah. I just think too. also that uh, the NFL, the salary cap is made up so they could find that money if they wanted to, but I just don't really think that's a weakness on our team. Like, do you guys find yourself being like, fuck, if we just had one more good receiver, yeah, no, that's not the problem. I never think that. I'm thinking every time, like, man, if we just had, like, a slot cornerback. If we had uh, one cornerback worth his salt, that would be fantastic. If we had, like, a slot corner and, like, uh inside linebacker that were both good, I'd be fucking pumped. So I don't really care. Beckham doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, but I would really like to see them add, like, one defensive piece for, like, a late-round pick. I'd be excited about that. Yeah. Like Even if it's just a flyer. Maybe we uh, could maybe we could trade a fourth-rounder for a punter again. Yeah, we did do that. <laughs> um, he was a punter and a field goal kicker. They oh, that's right. He was, he was a dual threat. Yeah, I forgot about that. They thought they were getting clever there. All right, guys, so we'll move on to the another Minnesota team, and that is our Minnesota Wild, who I think are probably in full-on panic mode at this mm. point as the start of the season has gone terrible for them. Belly up. Uh, they are 1-3-1. Um, and one. one win, three losses, and an overtime loss. Uh, those were in four home games to start the season. The only Oof. game that they won was against uh, last place in the NHL, Vancouver, I believe in overtime. Yeah, in overtime. So barely. That's our only win. Um, we are bleeding goals. Uh, goals against, we've given up 27 goals. Um, which is one of the highest totals in the entire league. Um, I just don't even know. I mean, like, this team has no defense. The goaltending is a huge issue. And I feel like they're scoring at a great rate right now. Kaprizov is off to an incredible start. Zuccarello is off to an incredible start. Um, each of them have four goals in five games. Zuccarello has 10 points and Kaprizov has eight. Matt Boldy is added three and three. Um, Cam Addison, the rookie defender, leads all defenders and assists with six. So, I mean, it's not like they're not scoring goals. They're pounding in goals. Their big star players are scoring goals all over the place, but they are bleeding goals, especially at home. Um, They have three home losses to start the year. All of last year, they had eight home losses in 41 games. We are averaging (laughs) five, almost five and a half goals against per game. You know what? Which is absurdly high. This is on the fans. They're not really bringing that energy. They're is not. That was all <laughs> They're it's not. All no, I just said it. I'm blaming the fans. You know, I thought this is supposed to be uh, such a great home ice advantage. Where are they at? Or maybe we just suck. Yeah. I think Mark Andre Fleury is almost 50 years old and stinks, and Philip Gustafson is just not NHL ready. 
mm-hmm. this point in time. And yeah. we decided to let go probably the better of the two goaltenders that we had in Cam Talbot to keep the veteran Marc-Andre Fleury. And I, th- I said that in our wild preview. I thought that was stupid. But yeah, you did. Whatever. You definitely did. And we're seeing it now. All right, uh, so not ideal for the Wild. Um, I don't know if we can wave the white flag quite no. yet. Dude, this is Plan but B. Eric, this is Plan B. I was going to say, it's, it's, the, it's the makings of Plan B in full effect. Oh, We're looking for that first-round exit. That's our end goal every year, so I don't care how we get there. The desperate sprints to the playoffs where we are the, set, the best team in the league in the second half of the year. Flurry will be amazing. Yep. We'll all be calling. We'll be chanting MVP for Kaprizov. We will be the hottest team in the league. We'll be ranked number two in NHL's power rankings as we're still not really in the playoffs and we're fighting for a late seed. And then we'll lose in six games in round one. I would have to say five to the avalanche. Yep. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah. That, I mean, how else are we going to get the 18th pick, Eric? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. We got We have to race to the red light. It's plan A or B, That's but we end how up you with do 18th it. pick. It's the same destiny. It really is. Um, so, uh, all is not well in Minnesota sports, but all is not terrible either. Um, I was going to talk about the college football team, but I forgot what they're even called at this point. Okay. I didn't even know. I don't know anything about them. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know if their season's even going on or if it's over. Um, is there a college the hockey team? Well, yeah, as I say, college hockey's got to be firing up pretty quickly here. Well, college hockey, uh, the Gophers hockey team, which I'm a huge fan of, Skyma, oh, lifetime yeah. always, fan. Always have been. Always have been. Love college hockey. Love Gopher hockey. They are currently ranked number one in the country. So, Well, obviously. And uh, they have some of the most exciting young players in the whole um, of the NCAA. They have uh, Cooley, who was the third pick in the draft this year, who was completely electric. They have um, Nyes, who is... Uh, first-round pick from last year who will be headed to, I think, Toronto um, after, at the end of this year. They have Snuggerud, who was a first-round pick, who is killing it for us so far. You have, um, obviously, Faber, the wild player. Uh, they're they're really fun, and it's cool because the crowds have looked huge for them. They had sellout crowds for both nights this weekend where they split overtime games with number 7, um, UND, North Dakota one of their old rivals and the place was packed and the crowd was going crazy. It was really fun to see. So um, yeah, they're back and we love them and we're huge fans. Always have been huge fans and we'll never stop Eric, covering them all season. I have a, I have a weekly updates. We'll, we'll do a, we'll do a college hockey cast. Um, I have a serious question about PJ Fleck. Okay. And I know he has like a, they, you know, I don't know. Every year it seems they sign him to a long contract extension. Um, if this season goes belly up and he finishes, let's say, last or second to last in the West, maybe he finishes a titch above Nebraska, is it time to maybe look at going in a different direction? And that's maybe too vague of a question. Um, and I know he's like, he's Mr. You know, used car salesman, like we're building a program, you got to believe in this. But we haven't really seen, other than the Auburn year, um, the Gator Bowl year, we haven't really seen great results. Maybe, maybe that's part and parcel for the university just not being as good as some of these other programs. But, like, Illinois went from, like, the laughing stock of the Big Ten to kind of killing it with a new coach. So mm. I think that um, the problem is is that Fleck, Fleck, when it's going well, he wants to pretend and all of our fans want to pretend that he's above our level, right? But yeah. in reality, they're a match made in heaven. They're both yeah. average. He's an average college coach, and they're an average at college program. <laughs> and that's just kind of what it is. It's but so- Illinois was a terrible college program, especially with like Lovey Smith and some of the other coaches they have. 
and now Bielma's got it turned around with no name players. Like guys, they don't have a single player that would come up in any postseason awards conversation, let alone any draft. We we are starting a 17th year quarterback who's like pushing 30, and he still stinks. That's the I best think, we can get. I think the problem with Fleck, and it continues to be so, is that. He is pretty good at putting together a team. He's decent at recruiting. He's pretty good at developing players. He's pretty good at getting people excited about his program. But the one thing he hasn't been able to do has been find a quarterback. And I think Tanner Morgan, he's been so attached to Morgan for his entire time there. He's never not had Tanner Morgan, right? Am I mistaken? Mm -hmm. I think he's been with him the entire time. It's his safety blanket. And so to me, it's just like Morgan has, has gotten worse and he's held the program back. Mm-hmm. And the problem is is that they don't really have somebody else there. This this kid who played the last game isn't going to be the guy. No. And so it's me, if I'm PJ Fleck, I'm putting everything that I have into the transfer portal and trying to go find a former five-star recruit quarterback who is the backup at a good school. Tulsa, yeah. Or, well, yeah, okay, maybe a good uh, school. The backup quarterback, I mean, I mean, I don't know who this would be. I'm just making up a school, but like, the backup quarterback at Texas A&M, who is a junior, and he lost his spot to another five-star kid. And he's been a little bit of a disappointment, but the pedigree's there. And he was really good his freshman year. Like, yeah. that's, you know, like Oregon got Bo Nix, who was at Auburn and was like a big yeah. dude at Auburn. And he went there, and he's been pretty damn good. It's like that's the kind of thing that they need to go get. And I'm not saying that they can get a Spencer Rattler or a Bo Nix. That's like, who I was thinking. Yeah, you were talking about Rattler. But yeah. it's like they need to go get a guy who is from another program who's like a junior or a senior who is ready to hop into a, like a program that's kind of like ready-made to to have a quarterback be dropped in on it and would be pretty competitive I think. Um yeah. so I think You're that, also talking about you're also talking about Jalen Hurts in that regard. Yeah, like those perfect example. Yeah. It's just like they just need a spot and you have to be able to sell those guys. I'd be going to Ohio State and going to their backup quarterback who's a junior and being like, "You want to start for us? You want to start for yeah. us or not?" You know what I mean? It like there's got to get a quarterback that can do something exciting instead of like barely game manage or hang on or like sometimes make a play. I mean, we we know what he is. We know what Tanner is. It's just been the same I thing. I think that Tanner's athleticism has gotten worse. And I think Probably. that's what's so frustrating. He's gotten like less athletic as time has gone on. And so like I think that is like painful to watch. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel terrible about them. Go for hockey. All right. Um, let's move on, though, quickly to our final topic. That's the World Series. It's going to be the cheating Houston Astros versus the Philadelphia Phillies and their psycho douchebag fans. No one is ever likable in baseball, um, ever. There just aren't likable teams uh, at all because baseball, I guess, is just full of not likable people maybe. But um, I'm really cheering for the Phillies in this one. Yeah, I would. I would rather – see Phillies fans celebrating in the streets. Me too. Then the cheating. Yeah. I mean, this is technically the first time they may have won a legitimate World Series, so they, there's that, but I don't know. I it, It'd be cool to see Bryce Harper do well. I mean, he's kind of, I guess you could call him the, one of the faces of baseball. He's definitely um, made his mark in the postseason this year. Um, yeah, he had a big I don't, home run that was supposed to be pretty special. Listen, I'm just happy it, it it's the dirtiest thing in the world, but I feel like even though they're cheaters, I still am happier that the Yankees lost. Oh yeah. By yeah, a, by a slim mark. By now I want Houston to lose. That's fair. Let's let's go Philly. Yeah. I'm I'm team Philly. I mean fuck so Philadelphia here's the thing. as a city and all that, but um, you know. 
hey, maybe their basketball team's going to suck, which would be great. It seems like that's what's happening. So then it'd be okay. Yeah, I think that um, it's great for Bryce Harper. He's He's been in Mike Trout's shadow his entire career. Uh, he won an MVP last year. He could very well win another one this year. He's brought the Phillies now to the World Series and been a big piece of it. Um, he's just like one of those great players who has been in the shadow of a greater player, even though he's had more success, um, that it's kind of fun to finally see him get some of the credit he's definitely he de- deserves. He's a great spokesman for the game, a really cool athlete, and so someone that's pretty easy to cheer for. Um, and my question is, Ryan, especially here, uh, who is who are the faces, in your opinion, of baseball? Well, I think Shohei Otani is quickly becoming one. Um, the problem is he plays on a terrible Angels team. With Trout. With Trout, <laughs> yeah. Well, Trout's, Trout's moving into Buxton territory for, like, going to play, only going to play 80 games no matter what. Um, but Shohei Otani hitting the cover off the ball and pitching very well is kind of untouchable. I think Aaron Judge easily sure. uh, made that leap uh, this season with the home run thing. Um, and, you know, I say that being trying to be unbiased, you know, I think he definitely, I mean, it's the MVP race goes judge Otani and then everyone else. I think it goes Otani, then judge, then everybody else. I, I mean, I'd be shocked if Otani won it over judge, but um, he should because judge, he, he had like, Oh, I agree. I I agree. Statistically, I think it'll happen. I don't think the voters feel that way. He had similar hitting stats to judge with just not nearly as many home runs, but like his hitting stats were like comparable. Pretty close. He also yeah. was an ace pitcher who pitched 168 yeah. innings. Right. Yeah. I think, I think those, those three guys are probably atop the list. There's some other young guns that, that might get there um, eventually, but I think it's, I think it's Harper, Otani and you know, there, there's guys that are really good players like Nolan Arenado for the, for the Cardinals or, you know, Paul Goldschmidt. But, like, those aren't, like, nationally recognized guys that are kind of, like, the face of the game. I think it's I think it's Harper, Judge, and Otani. All right. Um, so, there we go. You have it. Uh, I think the Astros are going to win this series in, like, five games. They're an absolute wrecking ball. Yeah, they are. They're, they're their pitching is just out, out of this world. Filthy. They literally replaced Correa with Inya, who looks like the same player as Correa. Better and cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just an absolute force. I think they're going to absolutely run through the Phillies, but I'm cheering for Philadelphia, and I can't believe I just said those words. I'm right. cheering for Philadelphia. Unbelievable. Um, but that's what baseball does to you, is it makes you just cheer for dude. <laughs> just does. Well, it's, it's always big cities. Yeah. All right, guys, that is all the time we have uh, here on the Nordies podcast. Tune into our first episode of the week where we talked uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon finale. The Black Queen, it was a great episode. We have a screencast still coming up, so check that out. Until next time, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Northeast Podcast.